Welcome back to an all-new We Call It Soccer podcast. I'm Caleb, alongside my co-host Sasha. No last name. No last name needed. Sasha, how are you? How have you been, man? I've been pretty good. Yeah, it's been a, I, it's been a fortunate week for us uh, recording on Wednesday because uh, we we've broken the curse of like having the story hit after the day after we record. We uh, we got the we got the big story to hit, uh, and we get to talk about it. Yeah, and. Uh... Yeah, really not much to report here on this side. We uh, Taylor and I finished watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Uh, such a great show! Such a great show. Oh, you, you watched it? Oh, yes. Yeah, the season finale. Oh. Well, fuck! You're into the. I, I was kind of counting on you not watching it because the twist is all about Ted Lasso. <laughs> I was very cocky. I was. Uh, I was very cocky that you were going to be. Uh, you hadn't watched it, and I was going to stump you this week, and it's like that's not going to be the case at all. So, well, actually, it, it, it might still be because I guess I was I wasn't untruthful. I've only seen three episodes: oh. <laughs> the first, the second, and the season finale. So. There's a whole middle part there that's fantastic. I don't know what <laughs> you're doing, man. You got you got to watch that oh. whole thing. It's fantastic. It's great. Shout out to my mom for the Apple TV password. Legend, absolute legend. <laughs> uh, let's. Well, without further ado, Sasha, we have some news from the NWSL. I want to just do that. Shout out to uh, Retro yeah. Trader from the Equalizer for dropping this for us to report on yeah. here. Yeah, she made a wonderful graphic that got all the bullet points. Uh, the season, the players are going to be reporting on February 1st. Uh, there will be a, another Challenge Cup in mid-April like we had this year, which I'm excited for. Especially if it's in the same location. I like the Zion Bank. Uh, Mid-May, they're going to have a regular season. It's going to kick off with a total of 24 matches. Uh, then there will be six teams that will qualify for playoffs. And on the weekend of November 20th, uh, they will host the NWSL final. Yes, yeah, so, so they have everything all planned, ready to go. Um, still no word on what MLS is doing next season, but let's worry about that at a later date. So shout out to NWSL. Uh, Racing Louisville had their expansion draft as well, where the biggest names they took were the rights to I think Kristen Press and Tobin Heath. So if those players ever come back to the United States, they have to play for Liverpool, for Liverpool, off only, right? Uh, <laughs> for uh, Louisville, and then uh, uh, for Louisville, then or can have their rights traded from Louis or from Louisville for probably a hefty fee. Um, well, Sasha, the season ended. A week ago, we said that last week we we were doing a season in review, and it wouldn't be a season review without the tough awards. There's supposed to be a fanfare here, but I don't really know how to do that. So let's just imagine there is one. Just trumpets, fanfaring, and a swelling orchestra as we bring everyone together for the most um, attended and most uh, prized awards each year in all media, sports, TV, movie, music. Everyone wants a tough award. So let's start with oh. the RMLS the MVP. Sasha, who do you have? Can I just make a disclaimer? If we did not pick you as a winner, it's still okay for you to tweet that you won. I mean, no one will believe you, but it's okay. You can claim. Yes, all these players definitely <laughs> listen to this podcast and are gonna be really mad at us um, if we don't pick them. So remember, um, Sasha's at the Rev- Russian Revenant, and I'm not. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, MVP. I. Is this odd as a Sounders fan? I am picking Abobasi for Portland. Um, he has become their answer on the right when J- Jordan Morris is the Sounders on the left. 
and I will go into depth of, of what I think he will do in playoffs later, but I think he is their key. The one that got away, unfortunately. Uh, I went with uh, Chris Mueller of Orlando. Um, everyone looks at Nani as their star player, but really it's Chris Mueller doing the kind of grunt work, who can also score some fantastic goals um, and assist as well. He's an unsung hero on that team and deserves more credit. Um, after they announced the MVP candidates, he went out and scored, I think, two goals for Orlando in their final game, just to you know rub it in more that he deserved it. He deserved to be up, in the at least in the short list. Um, moving on to the MLS goalkeeper of the year. Uh, I This was already announced, so it's a little bit cheating, but I picked uh, Andre Blake before, the, before, before. So believe me, please. Um, <laughs> uh, I agree with you on that pick, but to, to add some variety, I, I'll say Joe Willis from ah, Congressman of from Ohio, Joe Willis. Yeah, uh, he was impressive this year. I'll talk about his stats later. <laughs> MLS Defender of the Year, again, this was announced earlier today, but... I think the clear-cut choice in front of Joe Willis was uh, Walker Zimmerman, and yeah, uh, he's a, he's a signing that changed their season. I I don't think without without him, I think Nashville is leakier at the back, and it just shows to you how their how their player position really gelled with Gary Smith's tactics and vision for the club. He also was like fun to watch because he's a defender who goes all the way up on offense too. So, but I uh, I picked a Philadelphia defender, Mark McKenzie, the youngster, the other hot youngster <laughs> over at. They're so hot right now. Uh, they are so hot right now. <laughs> but yeah, I think that kid that kid go to, could go to Europe next year. So. Oh yeah, for sure. I I would think that as well. Uh, MLS new tomer of the year. Um, I had a rookie from Orlando as well, Daryl Dite. He's just a young Josie Altador. He's <clears throat> that front three with him, uh, Mueller and Nani are so dangerous. And the better he plays, the less uh, Dom Dwyer plays. So it's it's perfect for me to watch that team now. Um, but those that use his body well can only get bigger and stronger and has a and, and finish well with either foot. Uh, I cheated and didn't pick a rookie, but <laughs> that, he is a newcomer. Title. That's why I changed it. <laughs> went, oh shit, it's not a rookie. <laughs> Too much national of dumb. Yeah. Newcomer of the year. Yeah. Uh, but this is a player who, from the first week, uh, he's delivered. He's delivered throughout the whole season for Columbus Crew, and that's Lucas L. Ryan. And we talked about this when we made our predictions back in February that he would be the difference maker, and he was. Yeah, coming in from Tidris, lots of uh, expectations for him as a young number 10, Argentinian number 10, from one of the best clubs in on the continent. And he's definitely delivered for Columbus. Caleb Porter, even though I spelled his name wrong, really did well with that position there. Uh, MLS best signing. We both had Kansas City players, Sasha. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, this one, <clears throat> if you take a team, I mean, it's no surprise if you can take a team from 11th last year to first in the last, <laughs> like, you probably have the best signing. I picked Alan Polito. Uh, he's, he's got that flair. He's there right now, so. Yeah, and I picked uh, Gadi Kinda, who was on loan, uh, just recently made his signing uh, permanent at Kansas City. He just ties, he just complements everyone so well on that team, attack and defense. He just he's the rod that brings the room together of the midfield for Kansas City yeah. for sure. It's a nice fucking rod too. Uh, yeah. The worst signing in MLS. Um, there's an obvious pick here, and Sasha, you went for it, didn't you? 
I mean, this is so fun in hindsight to think. Uh, speaking of hindsight, shout out to Notch, who uh, like recognized that Gotti Kinda had potential mm-hmm. when we made the predictions. Uh, one thing we all got wrong was that Chicharito was not going to be the boon that improved LA Galaxy. He was their worst signing in what is a, another year of retribution for them. I don't know. Of abjectness, I guess. Uh, yeah. Chicharito, this Chicharito signing makes Zlatan look like, even better. It's like, uh, he didn't need that for his ego. Come on. It's even bigger now. Look at that. It's huge. Right? <laughs> um, since you took Chicharito, which, again, he scored one or two goals this season in a long, like a long time. I chose a striker who came in on a DP contract who scored only one goal this season. That was Jurgen Latadia, the Dutch striker for Cincinnati. Um, just the worst team in MLS for sure, and he definitely helped them get there. Um, came in as kind of, uh, kind of flamed out at, I think it was Brighton and Hove Albion in the Premier League and needed a new... A new uh, uh, See some new scenery, new change of pace, and probably needs another one because he is not good for Cincinnati. Maybe next year he'll get better, but you see a lot more development and uh, progress from him. Uh, MLS Coach of the Year, um, Jim Curtin for me took their team to their to the Union to their first ever uh, silverware, winning the Supporters Shield, and or Captain America's Shield, as we mentioned last week. But you, you can't put a price on that. And what he's done with that team, with all the youngsters, and also with the older guys like El Sino and uh, Alejandro Bedoya and Prince Pilco, just blend them, well, blended, blended them together well into a just a force on the field. Yeah, it's really hard to argue against Jim Curtin, and I'll try to for the sake of variety. I picked Peter Vermese of SKC. Um, this was one that you and Notch back in February convinced me was able to turn SKC around within one year, and he over-delivered on that. Like, it is, that is amazing. And you guys had no doubt that he, he with his history, would be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Peter Vermees t- t- taking them from 11th to 1st. I don't think either of us them to be first in the West, but I, they were just so good all year. And I mean, we played them 83 times, and so we know how good they are. <laughs> um, honorable mention here to Gary Smith in Nashville. I'll mention them again because just as expansion is never easy unless you spend tons of money on. Justin Martinez and uh, Miguel Almiron, they didn't, and they uh, were one of the better defensive teams in the league this year, and yeah, grinded out games. They weren't fun to watch all the time, but they got points, and that's what's important in the league. Moving on to our awards for Miss United, the home team. Who's your Minnesota United MVP, Sasha? <clears throat> It was Michael Boxall because of how the year played out. He had was forced into a role where he had to step up uh, with Ozzy Alonso being injured, with Icapara being gone, with having three different keepers behind you. He had to be the leader. He did, and he he did it instantly. It wasn't a doubt. I think from the Dan Sinclair's first game to second, he helped them build confidence. He like he he was the commander we needed at the back line. They kept us together, and yeah, yeah. Uh... I also had Bocce. I think second place here, you could probably put Robin Lude. Uh, 
who really, um, you know, once he got put in the right, was really good for um, the loons. But Bocce, like you mentioned, well, with all the absences in our defense, he really had to step up. Um, without Ozzy, he was the captain, the leader on the pitch. And I'm partnering with uh, three different center backs, or, or four this season, partnering with uh, Ike, partnering with Aha, partnering with uh, Coleman and Debasi. He, he was that rock that was solid in defense and was needed because when you have a young goalkeeper behind you, you need to help his confidence. And watching some highlights today from these United games, we saw, I saw uh, it was a Salt Lake game where he, where uh, Dane, I think it was his first home start. It might have been his first start period. But that was his first clean sheet because Bossy cleared one off the line on a corner kick. You know, always hustling. He got injured near the end of the year, bruised something from, again, running, trying to clear a ball off the line and hitting the post. Um, He's just a warrior. He just is. And uh, played hurt with a shoulder injury, uh, shin injury, knee injury. But if it wasn't for the past two, last two games of the season where he missed, would have sitting out to rest for the playoffs, he would have played every single minute for the Loons this year. And that's commendable in itself. Um, who's your most improved player for the Loons? Mine was Molino. He was, uh, you know, a player returning from injury, and there's like there was a skeptics out there of like, is he old enough? To, is he old enough to still be good? And he silenced all of the skeptics with that like first game in Portland, and he also he silenced more people when we had our return in the tournament. He continued throughout the year. He wasn't like perfect every game, but like he was hot so many times that like he he had to be my most improved player. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh... ACL injury two years ago now uh, really takes two to regain your form from before then. Two years, I mean, not two ACLs torn. That'd be terrible, Don't, <laughs> which he has done, honestly. He's torn both of, torn both of his ACLs. Uh, but one year to kind of get a feel where, well, what you can do, and then year two to go back to where you were before the injury. And he started off the season with a bang. He can be frustrating at times, but when he's on, he's one of the best players in the league. Um, my most improved player is Robin Lude. Alluded to it. <laughs> alluded to it. Robin Lude. <laughs> I Robin alluded to it uh, in the MVP talk. He was just fantastic on the right wing for us. Um, turning inside on his left. Um, getting goals in the MLS is back tournaments where I was like, is this, is this real? He's scoring now? And it turns out, yeah, he's scoring now. That's a normal thing. And I think the way he links up with uh, Roman on the right side is fantastic. The way he links up with the midfield and Ray- and Reynoso is just, yeah, he's been, he's was much maligned in his first season for us because he wasn't good. And I think it's fair to say that he wasn't good. He had one goal. And now he's hitting his stride with the team and playing extremely well. And that's commendable. You should be happy for that. And that's the reason he's the most improved because he was not good last year and he was fantastic this year for the Loons. Um, best signing? I mean, there's one obvious answer. I didn't take it. I took Bakaya Debasi. The man is unflappable. His his resting heart rate is zero. He doesn't go above 70 beats per minute during any part of the game. He 
never looks stressed. He always seems in control of the situation and what's going, what's happening around him. That dude is a silent assassin. We have in defense. Yeah, he's 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 the ice to a Yeah, for sure. Fire and ice. <laughs> yeah, a of fire and ice isn't about Game of Thrones or it's about Ozzy and Debasi. It'd be it'd be a much better ending than the actual Game of Thrones. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I picked the obvious answer, Reynoso. This this is the player that even got called out by Heath in the athletic article that came out today. Um, and he said like we've never had a player that caliber, and other teams have at least one, if not two or three. You know, he's referring to LAFC, Portland, and Sounders have three players of Reynoso caliber. But I I won't lie, if I wasn't a little worried that like I, I'm like I don't want to be the team that has the Argentinian this year. That's not good. Right? <laughs> I was like Zillarion was like Zil was looking good and like. Uh, Polito was looking good. I'm like, I'm like, don't, I don't want to be that team. And oh God, right now, so like, it is a gift to watch he, him. He's, he, yeah. There's no player. We've never had a player like him. He makes like, passes that like, <laughs> like, he, you didn't do that. That's legal. You didn't do that. That's oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm not mad about it. It's like really impressive. And the way he understands the position that he's not always going to be the one giving that final killer ball. Or that final pass, the way he can shuttle it onto the wings into a good spot where they are in a better position to center it. And a good example, it was Molino's goal. I honestly can't remember who scored it, but there was a it was one of Ray's first games where he passed to the wing, either to Roman or to Lude, and he just stopped running outside the box and waited. The ball was eventually centered and scored by Molino. If he had continued that run, he would have ran into the path of the ball. But he knew where to be, knew where the pass should go, and it went where he probably wanted it to go to end up in a goal. Um, he's he's the best player on the pitch for us every game. He's on he's he's out there, and yeah, you're right. You you made this big signing, this huge signing from Argentina. You're like, is he going to be like Zellerion, or is he going to be like this Chicharito kid in LA for Dallas? <laughs> like. You spend the big money. You want the the signing to hit and hit the ground running, and he has. He's been fantastic. He finally got his first goal against Dallas two weeks ago now, and he's been so. Uh, it's just fun to watch him play, and to watch everyone around him do better. Honestly, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the obvious one. But I had to shout out my boy Debasi. He's been fantastic. Well, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think one thing you could say about both our picks was that both of them have a plus positional awareness, like. They they always mm-hmm. know, you know, and that's that's amazing to watch. Okay, now we're gonna a little bit mean or I don't know the worst signing for Mr. United. Um, I said uh, Greg Ranjitsin. Not necessarily his fault. He came in to be a backup, and Tyler Miller got injured, but he had a chance to take that number one spot and lost it to uh, Dane St. Clair after. Three pretty not great games from uh, the Canadian uh, Ranji team. Are true. He's born in Canada, but he's Trinidadian. My bad. He's Trinidadian goalkeeper. Uh, I went with the the second sad thing of the season after X injury, which is Amaria. And it, this is not a uh, comment on his skill. Because I think we definitely saw what the scouts saw in him when they took mm-hmm. him out. It's because of the circumstances of his injury. Like, once again, that, that athletic article that came out today, and there's the quote where he scored those goals and he 
he co- gets he comes off and he says to he uh, I only got twenty three more goals left, right? You know, because he made that he made the promise of like he's gonna give yeah, me twenty seven yeah. goals or whatever, and uh, and like that's such a heartbreaker because honestly, like with him and Reynoso, we know it it could have happened. Yeah, at least I believe. Yeah, that his future is kind of up in the air. Uh, the interview by a former co-host of the podcast, Jeff Ruder, um, with Adrian Heath on the Athletic is a really good read. You should read it. Um, he talks about not, not the situation where there's interest, but you don't know how his parent club is going to uh, rate him or value him and how much money it's going to take, especially with COVID. They want, might want more money or might want any money. So it's really uh, up in the air, but I think he deserves a second chance considering he would be the only striker on the books next year if we did sign him from this roster. And I think he has that potential, but... He scored three goals all year, which is one more than uh, Chicharito did. <laughs> I just want to say that. Mm. Um, best goal of the season. What's your favorite goal that Minnesota scored this season? <laughs> oh, man. First, I'll just say, like, your pick, I got to see live, and I still went with my boy, <laughs> Chase Gasper. His first ever goal for Minnesota was also the first goal of that game, the 4-0 win over RSL. Um, there are actually three goals out of those four that uh, I would I would dominate. So like, go watch those highlights again if you want some confidence going to playoffs. Because yeah, but that first goal, I just yeah. gave us confidence and it like and, it felt so good for him. That first goal from Chase. <laughs> uh, another, jeez, uh, uh, I'm just stuttering. It's a storm, aren't I? Another uh, example of uh, Reynoso knowing what to do with his body and having the awareness to get the ball to I think it was Jan. And then didn't absolutely crunched by a Salt Lake defender. It's absolutely taken out. Uh, my goal was from the game you were at in Portland, the only game you saw, saw alive this season. Uh, Kevin Molino second. The third goal of the game to steal it for Minnesota. Did the two-goal lead. Um, the assist from Ethan Finley, which is over his head and over two defenders. He like, kicks it up over his head backwards. To Molino, who side, who volleys it past uh, the goalkeeper Steve Clark, um, it was just it was just great. It was one of those games where like we that was our, our first win in, it was first win at Portland at, at Providence Park. And do it like that with style. Two goals by Molino, one by Amaria. I was like, oh, we're back. So soccer's back, and I love it. It'll never go away. And then it went away <laughs> for like a few months, and I was sad. <laughs> um, yeah. what's your best save I mean both have similar style saves <laughs> yeah. I mean I, we should, uh, I should say before we say ours we both picked the penalty saves because they're the easiest ones to remember exactly what happened but uh, DSC had some great saves against uh, what was it uh, Chicago I think it was he had, or, or Houston mm-hmm. the straight save where he pushed a, a long shot with one hand up onto the bar and then out. Um, he's he's a special talent, and I like to see the. I'm excited to see the goalkeeper battle next year for the Loons between him and Miller. Um, but yeah, yeah pick penalty kicks. I picked the Tyler penalty. Tyler Tyler, Tyler Tyler Miller penalty save against Columbus in the shootout that got us to the uh, next round against uh, San Jose, which we didn't destroy them, but. Uh, even more important than the save was the diff we got. The the diff of yes. a diff where he <laughs> sensually massages his mustache. And I'm assuming Winks. 
He has to with that movement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that PK save did give us a gift, but my PK save reads like an anime rivalry. <laughs> we had our former star Darwin Quintero goes up to take a take a shot against our new boy. Right, his first real test. Like, like everyone's like he's staring down the the, the bull that like was on his team last year. He knows how good Darwin is. He fucking makes that save. <laughs> like we just go wild. Uh, you know, that, despite the results of that game, I that's a two to draw. But it could have been two three, <laughs> yeah. and we could have lost that game, and we didn't. So exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he, he did get chips oh, later. Man. I'm pretty sure, but we won't mention that. Oh, I just did. Fuck. Uh, that, that's the end of our tough awards. If you disagree with us, remember Sasha's at the Rush of Evidence, and you can follow me. Uh, um, <laughs> so. Uh, we mentioned earlier, but the Heath interview is great. It also fueled some off-season rumor fight, some off-season rumors already in the season. Like we're still in the season. It's great. Um, there's this part where he talks about um, Jeff uh, asks him about strikers, and this will come up again later in our pod questions. Um, how you know we're kind of drawn to the strikers this year? If you found the right fit. And he starts off the question or the answer with, you know, Christian Ramirez has been with two teams since we traded him. I think he'd be a pretty good fit for our system we have now going. We traded him because he wasn't a good fit for what we're trying to do back then, but now he'd be, he'd be a good fit. And the Loon Sato Twitter went just went crazy for a, a while. Like, someone finally took the way to the trip tonight and right. <gasps> He's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back. Ramirez watch, Superman returns. So, that was fun. He also talked about how uh, this season was the toughest season of his, his entire career, coaching or uh, otherwise. It's a really good read. Go check it out. Um, if not, just to watch or see why we all went crazy on Twitter today for a good few hours. Um, uh, for Jeff, for Jeff Ruder, I don't know if you listen. But I'm gonna I'm gonna quote another Jeff Jeff Goldblum on this one. Uh, you decided to take nostalgia and hope, which are the strongest force known to soccer supporters, and you gave them to Twitter, who decided to wield it like a a, a son who just found his dad's gun. And just went, we went wild with it. Uh, so I am the voice of chaos here, and I am on Ramirez watch. It's not often we do Jurassic Park uh, quote in, but I always appreciate it. Um, yes. That brings us to a couple of our uh, pod questions. Again, if you want to ask us questions on the podcast, it's just $3 a month to join our Slack channel. Some great conversations going on there. Um, some great hot takes that I'm sure will appear once games are happening and once the offseason actually kicks off. And once the hashtag Superman returns, get some real field under its some, – some real fire going on with it. Um, our first question is from – uh, good old dad, my dad, and Sasha's adopted dad, kind of, that he hasn't met ever. <laughs> well, fun story, I actually don't know, I have no memories of my biological father. This is true. I'm not making this shit up for the fun. So, you know, if your dad was playing hot and loose in Cold War Russia in the 80s, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> or I should probably have a conversation with him. Um, so the question is... Uh, if you ran the loons, what off-season mo- off moves would you make? 
then follow-up question, which is unrelated. What beer goes best with Thanksgiving turkey? So, Sasha, do you want to answer this one first, and then I'll come in afterwards? Uh, recently, there was a rumor about Ozil coming to MLS. And, uh, so I have to say, sign Ozil, you cowards. <laughs> don't, don't. We have Renault, <laughs> so we don't need Ozil. <laughs> uh, more realistically, I think we need the, a central forward position. Uh, my dream pick that would still be breaking the bank, but it's plausible, is a player from Cruz Azul named Jonathan Rodriguez. He currently has, in 16 appearances, 12 goals and 2 assists. And he's 27 years old, which is that golden uh, age for a, a central striker. So that's what I think we should we need to get. That's the change I would make. And do you have a, do you have a beer preference for turkey? Oh, yeah. Since I think like white wine usually goes well with turkey, I would go with something a little more lighter and fruitier, like either a wit beer, half a bison, or a rattler, if you like grapefruit or okay. citrus. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Um, I see your um, Mexican 27-year-old striker, and I raise you Canadian. Um, this would be, I think, one, maybe $2 million. Um, there's a striker who plays in Turkey right now, who's Canadian, who got his success under Adrian Heath with Orlando. Is Kyle Laren. With Orlando, with Heath, he scored 44 goals before moving to Turkey with Besiktas. He's not playing there. He's on loan. He was on loan last year at uh, Zulta Wardem, or Wardem, in Bel- Belgium, I think. I think Belgium. Belgium or Austria. One of the two. They're basically the same. And we just lost our Belgian listener. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. But he's 25 years old. He He's already worked with Heath. Heath knows him. He's He has, already has 44 goals in MLS. Bring him back. Get this man storing goals again in MLS for the loons. For Inchi, get this man an offer sheet. Damn it! That's uh, and I think we decided when we were taking notes that that's the one position Minnesota should focus on for sure is that starter position. We need to figure that out. If it's not on Maria, it's time to be someone else because he's the only one who's has a future in MLS um, past next year. Uh, Kai's thirty-six. Schoenfeld's. 31, 32, and hasn't shown me a whole lot. He hasn't shown Felded me a whole lot. Um, anyway, uh, for my beer, I, I kind of want something a little more, like maybe a nut brown ale. A nut brown ale or like a, 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 an Oktoberfest. Something with that kind of like deepness and richness to it. Um, don't want it, something too heavy, like a stout, or something too light. I want that like red slash brown ale i would think or amber um moving on to our next question why is adrian heath from nick who used to produce this podcast and doesn't anymore for some reason hey nick if you want to get back on that you know where to find me all right nick you listening still i need to turn that off he's not answering um i'll take this one uh sasha well nick when a british man and a british woman love each other very much um, he dips his tea bags in her hot water. No. His spotted dick in her crumpet. No, that's a little too vulgar. His biscuits in her pie. No, that's actually just not. Mm. Whatever they do, they do it very disappointedly and sardonically. <laughs> and then Heath is born. 
the disappointed side. <laughs> and then uh, I think we have another question. No, we don't. No, well, we do, but that'd be later, man. Yeah. Actually, we can take this now, I think. Okay. Actually, no. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, let's run to some different questions. <laughs> to the quiz. Sasha, you already know what this quiz is all about. It's all about Ted Lasso, and there are no joke questions. Okay. okay. But the show is a comedy. No, it's Sasha, the best when I tell you there are no joke questions, you, you, you never believe me, and I really take that personally. Why would I lie to you? There are no joke These questions are all about Ted Lasso. I just... Okay, fine. Well, here's your quiz, I guess, if you're not going to believe me. Um, question one. What is the show Ted Lasso based off of? It is based off an SNL skit who had the same actor. Uh, it is... Um, but in that in that skit, Tottenham was the team and Gareth Bale was the star player that was referenced. Wrong. It's not an SNL sketch. It's a, it's a oh. commercial for the Premier League on NBC Sports. Okay. The show is based off of a commercial. That's never worked. Before ever. Remember remember Cavemen? You don't, because that <laughs> show was terrible. It starred, it starred Nick Kroll. He's about on his feet, so who cares? Question number two. Who plays Ted Lasso? God, that actually... I'm so horrible <laughs> with names. But... <laughs> He's been in so many yeah. things. Who is, what's Jason name? Sudeikis. Thank you, Jason Question number three. Maybe I will stump you. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What team does Ted Lasso coach in the show? It's, uh... I don't know. AFC Richmond. The Greyhounds. Of the Hounds. They play at the dog track. That's not a question, but I learned that in last in the finale, and that's a fantastic name for a Premier League ground. Question number four: What real life Premier League team is Richmond based off of? The colors of the kit make you think Crystal Palace, but I thought it was supposed to be. Is it is it lower than Premier? No, it's, it is Premier League. It, it, okay. And I'll, um, I'll give it to you because you said it. It's right. They're based off Crystal okay. Palace. Okay. And they actually filmed at Selhurst Park, which is the home of Crystal Palace. Question number five. Why is Ted Lasso hired as coach of Richmond? Because the, the wife of the former owner wants to get back at him. And so she thinks it would be the best way to undermine the team would be to hire an American college coach. Division two college coach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Co college American football coach. So not, not even soccer college coach yes. coach number six and I know you won't do this one right what is Danny Rojas's catchphrase Danny Rojas he's the he was the player who, who goes over to Manchester City no that's City, Jamie right? Tott no. Jamie okay. Tott I don't know I just remember that he's Harry <laughs> that's, that's Roy Kent uh, Danny Rojas is the Mexican oh. striker and is Catchphrase, and it's not official or anything, but he says it to everybody, and at least twice an episode. Football is life. He's very joyous, and it's very fun to watch him. Um, question number seven: What room of the AFC St Richmond Stadium is haunted? 
I don't know. The training room. There's a whole thing about it in one episode, which you haven't seen yet, but it's great, and you should watch that episode, along with the other episodes that you haven't watched yet. Well, as soon as mom gives me the password. <laughs> <laughs> Question number eight. What song does Sam Obasenya sing at karaoke? Uh, uh, yep. Wonderwall. I was so happy when that happened. Question number nine. Nine. What song plays at the, after the end of the final match of the season? Uh, it's not. It's not. I'm forever blowing. No, it's it's, it's a better no. team's theme song or anthem. Uh, I don't know. You'll never walk alone. Edge, edge. It's not by uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers. It's I think Marcus Mumford sings it in the show. And question number 10, finally. Sasha, is this show perfect? Damn yeah, that's the answer. That's actually what I have written down exactly. And this has been the Ted Lasso Twiz. Sasha did okay. Watch the rest of the... Mediocre. Watch the rest of the show. And also, how dare you think I would lie to you? Every question... <laughs> Every question. <laughs> Every question. Hey, I have a band. I have I have trust issues from not knowing who my dad is. <laughs> I'm gonna call him and ask him about Soviet Russia. Hold on. <laughs> uh, let's move on from the quiz into MLS playoffs. Start this weekend, and brings us to our next question from Mike D of Beastie Boys fame, maybe. What's the odds the Loons actually win this weekend? My gut tells me the season ends before halftime, which I don't think can happen, like legally. <laughs> I mean, the season might end before kickoff if COVID comes, comes <laughs> That's into true. play. That's <laughs> true. Let's that real quick. MLS announced literally right before we started recording, like an hour or two before we sat down for notes. Um, if a team has players that tested positive for COVID, then they have to forfeit the game. There's no rescheduling in the playoffs, apparently. Um, if both teams have positive tests, the team with a higher points per game average goes through. So there's a legitimate chance, with the way the numbers are going up with COVID infection rates, that we announce an MLS Cup winner without anyone playing a match. So let that sink in. That's fun. Um, I guess the uh, if actually win this weekend, um. Game, we're playing Colorado. It's at home, which doesn't mean a whole lot, but I guess it does because teams are still flying day in, day of into cities to play. There's no fans, which sucks for us, but every Minnesota or Colorado game has been decided by one goal. Just so it 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 could be. It could, it could go either way. These teams are well matched. They there's a lot of bad blood between the two. I would think every game seems to be chippy. Um, ever since that Harrison Heath tried to fight the entire team, Ugh, that happened. Um, there's always been a little edge to these games, and the odds I think are in Minnesota's favor because where we are home. And I hope we do win. 
I'm so scared. But there's definitely a chance that it's for halftime because there's a chance that either Colorado or Minnesota have to forfeit due to COVID tests, which would technically be before halftime. So, you know what? You know what, Mike? You're just putting a lot of anxiety in my head right now, and I don't, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I, I'm going to leave you under okay, anxiety. Okay, please, please, please do. Mike, so the way Mike phrased this, it made me instantly think of that meme where the guy like gets attacked and he's like, "Call an ambulance," and then he pulls out a gun, but not for me. <laughs> and that's why I say, like, yeah, you know what? This season might not be over by halftime, but not for us. It's gonna be for Colorado. We will finally have a game where we get a lead by more than two points, and we'll fucking hold it. Debossi will score a goal and prevent a goal if, if he needs to to make that happen. So is that your prediction? <laughs> What's your prediction scoreline? Uh. Two, uh, 2 0. Why not? Let's say we'll get the clean sheet. Who are your dull stars? Uh, Debossi Lude. All right. I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say, uh, 2 to 1. Dull stars are, uh, Kaitamara if he plays. If he doesn't, then it's Reynoso. And, um, I'll say Jatori if he. Detroit comes in and as a super sub and just a game winner. He didn't fuck up a defense, as I've heard. <laughs> oh, man. I love that that came true. <sighs> just put it out into the ether and it happened. It was beautiful. Um, let's move on to our predictions. Um, I'll bring up the bracket here. We'll go game by game for the first round. Um, we'll do this round by round, I think. Yeah. Um, so, first round... Start the Eastern Conference because there's two extra games, four extra teams made the playoffs, and Atlanta still didn't. <laughs> um, the play-in round. First, we have the seven seed Nashville against the ten seed Miami. Um, I I like Nashville in this game. Nashville solid defensively. Miami trouble scoring goals. Like who's like that 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 fights to be won by the de- defensive team. Yeah, defense is exactly the word because in your playing games, even if you have to go really scrappy, and this is assuming Nashville has a bad game, their defense still brings it to a draw, and then they win on PKs. Yeah. Uh, we also we were talking about like having the DP player that ends up being a flop this year. We did not mention Miami's uh, Mexican player Pizarro. Oh, he wasn't a flop. I had pred- He's. Well, I had predicted he would do. The team and him would do better. I think uh, Pizarro. Was asked to do too much at the beginning of the season. They asked him to be basically be their entire offense, and for a while he was, and that wasn't good enough for them. So I think I think he, I think he'll be good. I think he was good. I think he'll be better next year. Uh, our next game, playing game, is New England versus Montreal. Bruce Arena versus De- Terry Henry. Um, I have Montreal winning this in controversial fashion. I think they'll be like an offside call. It isn't called, and Bruce Arena did real pissed at the refs. Yeah, I mean, a lot of playoffs is about how you come into it, and Montreal, having acquired Mason Toy, are hot with Mason Toy, who got two assists last week. Including the game uh, winner. For them. Which is a beautiful yeah. assist so, to, I think, Kyoto. Mm-hmm. So, I think that gives them an edge over New England, who are not doing it. A little well. more momentum. A little more belief, maybe, from uh, Terry Henry's side. Yeah, also, yeah, did you see that uh, halftime speech he he gave? At the, I didn't, but I will watch it once we're done recording. Yeah, yeah, it's that's it, that will inspire you to believe that Montreal is going to win the game. 
Let's move on. So, the, with the playing rounds, the lower seed who wins will go to play Philadelphia. Higher seed will play Toronto. So it would be Philadelphia versus Montreal. I believe that's how it works. Yeah, that would make sense. Most sense. Um, Philadelphia, I think they win this one. Um, they're they're the supporter shield winners for a reason, and I don't think the curse of the supporter shield winners hits them in the first round. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, no matter how much momentum you may have, you're not going to beat the the shield winners who have been most consistent all year, and probably the most balanced. Like attack the defense, just every level of the field, they're one of the better teams in MLS, if not the best. Um, moving on to uh, Orlando versus NYCFC, battle of the expansion teams that came in the same year. Um, is this a rivalry? Maybe. But Orlando's first ever uh, playoff appearance goes up against their expansion partner. Who do you have in this game? Cool. The expansion partner who almost always made playoffs after they, they both joined in 2015. Yeah. I, I honestly pick Orlando because New York, despite making playoffs very often, pretty good at choking <laughs> playoffs very often. So. Yeah, last year they were, I think, a two seed and lost in some mm-hmm. spectacular fashion to uh, eventual, Eastern, eventual Eastern Conference champs, Toronto. And was the curse of maybe playing at City Field? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I also have Orlando... I think they're more dangerous up top. I think their goalkeeper um, had a better season. Uh, Glaze, I think, just edges Sean Johnson in my goalkeeper rankings. <sighs> yeah, I think Orlando wins this one. I think Nani gets surges to a win. Uh, let's move on to the three versus six seed Columbus versus New York Red Bulls. Now, I, I didn't watch a lot of New York Red Bulls games. But I know they were bad for long stretches. <laughs> but I've recently gotten hot, which I think makes this a very dangerous uh, fixture to look past for Columbus. And I have the Red Bulls beating Columbus in an upset. My first upset of the playoff bracket. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to go against <laughs> uh, Fun fact, all the way back in episode 226, when we were making our predictions, I said... Uh, Columbus is a team that's good enough to uh, uh, to knock out a team like New York Red Bulls in the playoffs. Uh, I said that. Go check it. So I'm sticking by past me and saying, yeah, Caleb Porter with this team. Caleb Porter has more playoff experience than a Red Bulls team that's gaining momentum. He's gonna he's gonna win this match. Right. And the final matchup of the first round: Toronto versus Nashville. I, I'm going Nashville. Defense wins championships, man. They won't win the championship, but they'll 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 get some scalps. I mean, that would be a dream outcome. I'd love to see that, but I still Toronto knows how to play playoffs, man. That's like, true. That's, and also, they are the, the one team that has no players currently out out, out on international duty, so they have no chance of them getting injured away and or contracting COVID, uh, being uh, with their with their country. So they already have an advantage coming into playoffs. Yeah, I- I already said it. All right, I can't go back on it. Nashville goes through. Okay. I can't go back on it. All right, let's start over in the West. Fewer names this time. Uh, starting number one seed, Sporting Kansas City playing San Jose. 
I mean, I, I this is horrible to say, but the only way San Jose wins is that SKC forfeits on COVID. Like, <laughs> the number one team in the West is Peter Vermees. Like, the dude has made it to the top of each, of both the Western and Eastern Conference in, in his career, and he he's he has momentum. This team is going to wipe San Jose. Yeah, I, I also don't think San Jose stands much of a chance. Um, they just snuck into the playoffs. A little bit on a hot streak, but Kansas City's just too good. Alright, you kind of already did Minnesota versus Colorado, the four versus five matchup. We both think Minnesota's going to win. We're definitely confident on that. 100% confidence that Minnesota's going to win. Jesus Christ, I'm not on all the wood around me right now. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Alright, we're in a three versus six matchup. Portland versus Dallas. Who do you got, Sasha? Uh, Joseph Risi has been smart this year, even with the injuries they have attained. They still have enough quality. They have taken it to LAFC and Sounders multiple times and gotten wins, away wins, which is a big deal. So I think they're a much bigger threat than Dallas, who is coming into playoffs, you know, losing to us. Losing 3-0 to us, man. Like, that is not a good look. Uh, Ibobasi, star player, also uh, Jimmy Chara had a breakout year from this year. Those two players, those two players can figure out Dallas faster than Dallas can score on them. Yeah, I think uh, Portland wins one too. Portland has missed the Blancos out, probably their best player in the tournament in, in uh, Orlando, but they've they haven't really missed missed a beat. And I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Moving on to number two, Dallas. Jeez, uh, number two, Seattle. Sorry, against number seven, LAFC. Ooh, I, you know, honestly, I have no problem saying I'm pretty confident Seattle wins this game. And the reason why isn't because they both have strong <laughs> offenses. And yeah, LAFC has Vela back, and he might finally be match fitness by this match. But Seattle and LFC both have had defensive problems. Seattle has addressed them way better than LFC has this year. See, I I really believe in Bob Bradley. I think he wants revenge on on Seattle for last year. Rossi's not going to be there. Vela is. He was the, he's the reigning MVP. And as much as I would love to see a Tashkadia Cup in the MLS playoffs... LFC. LFC's moving on. Okay. Ooh. Are they a dark horse? Can you be, can you be a preseason LFC? favorite and then a, a playoff dark horse? I mean, considering the circumstances, okay. yes. But I, I, but that would take away from my narrative that all the dark horses in the West are on our side of the bracket, and that's us and SKC. <laughs> <laughs> Which, how SKC, yeah, I don't number think one, you, but also could still be I don't be think you can be a dark horse if you're number one, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, where's our? We have one more question to end our podcast on. We uh, talked about our playoffs, talked about our season in review, and we sell stuff. Man, it's been a good podcast. Anything you want to add for Europe, real quick? Anything? No, but I think we forgot to mention one team that will not be in the playoffs because they haven't been an official team yet. But they revealed oh, yeah, the Austin jersey. FC revealed their inaugural uh, primary jersey, their home jersey. Um, it looks like Sassuolo, who's a team in Serie A in Italy, just green and black uh, stripes, vertical stripes. Um, looks pretty sharp, I think. 
but as, as long as they keep those stripes, I think to be good. Only way it goes to like the A plus for me is if they did hoops. I'm sucker for hoops. Um, their their uh their sponsor shirt sponsor is Yeti, Yeti. Um, but it's already been photoshopped to say Yeet, which I believe the kids say when they're throwing something. So say that instead of Kobe now, which seems disrespectful to his memory, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the design. It especially stands out in opposition to the other two Texas team designs. Like it's it's very easy. It'll be very easy to spot. Yeah. Them. When they, when they yeah, in a league full of red and bl- and blue jerseys, the green and black, the like darker green, uh, it's very different from the rave green of Seattle. Really stands out, I think. So yeah, it's a color combination that I'd like to see more of. Um, don't mention real quick that there are ten players that are out for Liverpool right now, and um, some of the silence has been playing in my head for the past 48 hours because of it. Uh, Jordan Henderson, Joe Gomez, injured on, injured, injured on England duty, and uh, Reese Williams, who probably would have stepped up into the back line as a center back, also injured during training. So right now our healthy center backs are Joel Matip and Nat Phillips. End of healthy center backs. So, I'm sad. Anyway, enough of being sad uh, about Liverpool. We won the title last year. <laughs> and would Naildom score to give uh, De Boer a win today? Because they were losing to Poland 1-0. And uh, he scored their second goal. Yeah. So, your boy. You're uh, Liverpool boy. Frank De Boer gets his first win as Netherlands manager in, what, his fifth game? Which is, like, the one yes. of the worst starts <laughs> ever. Yes, the first Netherlands manager to ever uh, take five games to get the first win. <laughs> Terrible, man. Terrible. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to our final question that will lead us into our final bit here. That Then uh, from Mike D. Oh. Oh, no. That was that was my that was, that was typo. Uh, hold on. I'd grab this. You vamp while I grab this. I'm not editing any of this out. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, actually, I got it. Why can't the loons figure out the striker position? It's, in a we- it's been a weak spot since day one. We've had more strikers than Spinal Tap had drummers. Uh, you know, <laughs> the more apt comparison, I think you. Were well, yeah, say. I think we just had a, like we had, like strikers. Tyler Martin still hit in the playoffs. Schoenfeld doesn't really fit what we're trying to do. Ramirez is always an option. Just saying, in the offseason, uh, Gonzalez and Laren. Should be people that they're looking at for next season. This season, it's basically Kamara or Bust, which is Schoenfeld. Unfortunately, he died. He scored one goal this season. That's no more for me. But you did find out that comparing the Spinal Tap drummers isn't really that accurate. And comparing MLS goalkeepers to Spinal Tap drummers, much more accurate. And actually, a very good analogy. Sasha, please give me your research. Yeah, this one here, if you described it, uh, was a tragedy, and not just for Vancouver, who we'll start with. Uh, we've mentioned this before, but Maximilian Coupeau got the hand injury in the MLS's back tournament, uh, and Thomas Hall had to take over because Brian Meredith was already out for them. Thomas Hall took a lot of knocks this year, uh, and he ended up getting a left oh, fracture on September 28th. Good God! Right when Coupeau, yeah, right when Coupeau was returning for training. 
forcing Vancouver to trade with one of the few teams they could, which was Montreal, for Evan Bush. They ended the season with five keepers on their roster. But they're not the only team, in an odd way, to have goalkeeper injuries. We naturally had, uh, everyone knows, Tyler Miller's surgery. Um, Inter-Miami had the bad luck of Louis Robles getting an arm fracture. Chicago Fire had Kenneth Coleman injured, which forced uh, them to play Bobby Shuttleworth, so we got to see him uh, when they were in town. Uh, for a while, the best keeper ever in the league, according to you, uh, Andre Blake, was out because he wasn't medically cleared. And this was also the first year RSL did not have Romando. And instead of picking the veteran Zach McMath to play most of the minutes, they went with the younger uh, Putna. Um, and they also have a great article about this titled David Cho and Zach McMath, A Cautionary Tale. David Cho is the youngster who also got some starting minutes. Yeah, that's uh, over on uh, this year. Real Salt Lake's uh, SB Nation site, RSL Soapbox. They do, they do some good work over there. And you mentioned Tyler Miller was injured. Also, Greg Ranjitsen is out for the season with a knee injury. That's why we got signed Zendejas from somewhere. Don't know his first name. He hasn't suited up for us. But he's on the roster. Uh, yeah. The one exception to the rule was a player I called out, uh, Joe Willis for Nashville. He came over from Houston. He played every minute, all 2,070 minutes for Nashville. He ended the season with a 75% save rate and nine shutouts. He can't take all of the credit. Obviously, Walker Zimmerman and that back four did a big part of that. But what a turnaround. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so which one of these guys choked on vomit or was in a gardening <laughs> accident? I wish Chicago Fire <laughs> can't vomit. But not his own vomit. You can't really dust for vomit now, can you? Uh, hopefully none of these goalkeepers uh, simultaneously combust during the playoffs. That'd be horrible to see, but apparently my green jelly is found in the spot where they combust. Um, Spinal Tap is a great movie. I haven't watched it in a while. It it's fantastic. <laughs> so I, think, I, th- I think that's our uh, our, mor- our moral for this podcast is watch all of Ted Lasso and then watch, te- watch uh, Spinal Tap. And if you want a modern day Spinal Tap, watch uh, Popstar, Never Stop Popping. I've never oh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's uh, I'll, I'll tell you off mic. It's not important right now. Um, okay. If you want to ask yeah. us questions, you can join the Patreon for $3 a month. Join our Slack channel. That's where that we can submit those questions every week. We have to answer them no matter what. Probably, like, we, haven't got, we haven't had a question where I, like, we refuse to answer. So like test those limits. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> for $5... Um, you did extra episodes each month. I'm working on editing an episode where I talked to Colin O'Donnell, former co-host of the podcast, while he ate the spiciest tortilla chip in the world. It was black. Oh god! I thought it'd be like a like neon red or like a like natural like pepper color. No, it is black. And he ate that on mic, and we recorded it, and it was hilarious. We also are planning to do a uh, top ten albums of 2020. For the end of this year, that'll probably be have to be in two parts because it'll be so long. I don't want to edit it all at once. Um, ten dollars a month, we'll figure something out for that. If you want to give us ten dollars a month, we'll we really appreciate you. For twenty dollars a month, you did a shout out at the end of each podcast and two uh, stickers mailed to you. Fifty dollars a month, you did a thank you shout out at the start of each podcast and two guest appearances for each 
year, and $1,000 a month, we will hunt Notch down and make him say nice things about Atlanta United and how making the playoffs isn't that big of a deal anymore in MLS since Atlanta didn't do it. And we might even make him say nice things about a certain dog that is banned from being talked about on this podcast that is associated with that. Oh yeah, we had to stop him from doing that because it got real sad. Um, Also, (laughs) I I keep forgetting to mention this because it's hard to imagine this happening, but any of these levels that you support us on, um, we will have a Tuna Fan listener barbecue and happy hour at some point post-COVID. Hopefully, maybe on Notch's new deck that he built um, we'll figure that out later when it's appropriate to, to actually plan a, a, an event like that. But if you want to join us for that, it's sure to be a, a, just a great time of full of food, beer, and revelry. Um, with that, special thanks to our lead commissioner, Eric Olson. Sup, Dad? Sorry, I can't make it home for Thanksgiving, but you understand. We talked on the phone on Sunday. Um, Sasha, let's tell them where you're at, even though I told them where you're at on Twitter multiple times this podcast. <laughs> yes, I am at, at home like you for the for the Thanksgiving holidays, and, but you can pretend like you're with me if you to hit me up on Twitter, at Russian Revenant. I'm at, uh, at the real... No, what am I at anymore? Jesus Christ. I'm, I always mess up these final... <laughs> at the end of the episode. I'm leaving, I'm leaving this all in, too. I don't, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> They'll see how the sausage is made, goddammit. I met real Caleb FC wanted me to see me tweet about canceling student debt and also other political things I'm passionate about. <clears throat> All my soccer f- tweets can be found now at TWO United fans. Um, follow us there for match day reactions now that I can actually watch the game so it'll be actually on a channel that I get. Fuck you, Sinclair. Um... Follow us on Instagram at TWO United Fans. We have a Facebook page, but fuck Zuckerberg is a fascist. Um, <clears throat> listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Doodle Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Um, rate and review us on iTunes, please. It really helps us out. I think we're at 49, 49 uh, reviews. If you be the 50th it's a milestone that we were trying to get like three years ago and we never got to so please write us five stars it helps us get onto other people's radars who might like soccer and live in minnesota so um tell your friends steal their phones write us on their phones and uh yeah shout out to all of you guys for listening please stay home for the Thanksgiving. please stay home for christmas i know it sucks but you want to see your friends and family next year this is the best way to ensure that you do that um we love you stay safe sasha we'll talk to you next week my man yep good night Feel-